Hello. Oh, I almost taking a fucking nap. I'm sorry. <laughs> Been a long. I started this fucking juice cleanse thing. Oh no! Don't wake up! Don't wake up! You don't want to be awake. Um, you don't want to be awake. And it's like, I don't know. My body is just like rejecting all the juice, and I've broken out on this rash on like one side of my body. It's terrible. Absolutely, I'm so itchy. Yeah. Why? Why are you getting a juice cleanse? Dude, because I'm fucking fat as shit. Are you? Yeah, I, I I gained some weight during the pregnancy and whatnot. Me too. I had this like shirt that was like my my big ridiculous shirt, right? That I got it. I think we were at a show or something. And they didn't have my size, so they're like, "Oh, yeah, we don't have XL. Just have this like three X." And then it slowly became the only thing that fit me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, fucking, I'm like, I only drink juice now. Oh, dude, dude, you don't want to be awake. No, no, no he doesn't. No. You're supposed to be asleep. I might have to put him back in a swing here. Give me just a sec. Uh, hello. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Now you sound like Mr. Breathy sex voice. I, uh, the cord that goes into my microphone got bent. Mm. And so I think that's why I've been having weird. So, like, I just tried to, like, move it a little bit and it, like, just completely quit recording. Oh, I am. Like, working. So I think I just, like, I need to quit being a lazy ass and just find a new cord. But <laughs> that requires effort. I have like the audio stream of this up, like in the back, like the I don't know the thing that shows the wavelength or whatever. It's just like six minutes of silence, some yeah. little bars, and then some yeah. big ass bars where my baby started screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and now muffled fucking three eleven music. Something about the voice of Nick Hexum now is very, very okay. soothing to Jensen. We were uh, we were at some friends earlier, and they have a. Two and a half year old, two year old, something like that. And mm-hmm. the only thing that calms him when he's in the car and like screaming is Mongolian throat yodeling or whatever. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. And, and my main question is, how did how did that come on? I was like, so how did you guys find that? And they were like, well. She was just listening to Spotify and it just came on. And I'm like, that doesn't just come on on your Spotify. <laughs> there has to be a reason for that to come on. Like, what else do you listen to? Pretty funny. But there were like a, one Mongolian throat singing song that calms him down. I'm like, all right, cool. That I mean, whatever works, man. Whatever gets yeah, into- I just kind of wonder, it's like, because you know how you talk about anything nowadays and you start getting ads for it, right? Because your yeah. fucking phone is listening to you and Alexa is listening to you and all that bullshit. I wonder if it's just like, 
know, like you're watching some, <laughs> some throat fucking porn or something. It's like, oh, maybe you would enjoy Mongolian throat singing. <laughs> maybe. Uh, maybe that is true. Yeah. I just remember this fucking, like he was screaming one night. He mm-hmm. just wouldn't stop. And I was just trying to pl- find something on videos and I accidentally opened uh, Facebook and it was near Christmas and it had just one of those fucking videos that it started playing and it was that parody of uh, Rob Zombie Dragula but to Santa Claus mm-hmm. um, and he just immediately just went to sleep just like a fucking Vulcan nerve pinch or some shit and I was like oh crazy so then I like I started doing that periodically and it was like I was baby whispering him I'm like he's like he likes this Rob Zombie parody music and then I found out he likes Rob Zombie and then <laughs> It's just snowballed into now he likes fucking pop punk from the 90s. So I I could see nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I could see stumbling onto just you're trying anything and it's like, yeah, try some fucking throat music. Like, do you remember when we were kids, the fucking Santo Domingo monks mortuary or whatever shit chant that stuff? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just fucking play him that sometime. Yeah. So anyway, we're gathered here today to really address and discuss a lot of our random emails. And and the biggest one is that fucking new dental school that's uh they're they're putting together a, a dental school. It's called, I think, High Point University. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, their big thing is they're saying that they're looking at applicants, you know, fucking holistically, so they don't really have or they won't really have, I don't think they're accredited yet. Um, entrance requirements, which, you know, you could snowball into saying that you could graduate high school and theoretically go, go to this dental school. So what are, what, what are your thoughts on all that? Like, just hit me with your initial reaction to such a thing. uh, It's called the Workman School of Dental Medicine, just in case you, uh, where did I get High Point University? It is through High Point. Okay. okay. I was yeah, like, I is, know High Point is a really ugly gun. It um, is the premier life skills university. Yeah. Um, you know, that's how they do it in other countries. You go straight from, uh, straight from high school to, to dental school. Um, but aren't I think other it cut countries off a lot of, smarter than us? Well, I mean, they did produce Dr. Bumpalaki. So you gotta you gotta <laughs> say right. um Des Poina. Yeah you get shout out to her. What is her Instagram? She's awesome. <laughs> I don't remember uh, pop drop and lock it. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna hear that now. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise uh, me if she listened honestly. If you listen <laughs> shoot me an email. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's Dr uh, Dr. B O M P is in Paul O L A K I. Um, she's a board certified prosthodontist and she's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, she was telling me that's how they do it in Greece is that you, yeah, oh, yeah. when you like take an aptitude test and if you score high enough, then you can go to dental school. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't hate that part of it because it's like you think about what we did in undergrad what what did we do in undergrad that was really applicable to dental school not not a fucking lot 
Right. Not really. I mean, and not then, really. I mean, there was stuff even, that helped with boards, but they, that could have yeah. been taught in general school was five years instead of four. Yeah, exactly. It's like even with like shit that we learn in dental school, a lot of it isn't like, you know, fucking how many times do we have to learn the goddamn Krebs cycle? And yeah. when does that ever come up? Like when I'm doing a filling, I'm not like, oh, what is that oxidata? Whatever is the last one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. It's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I like, I like that aspect of it. I mean, I think that the difference for me is I think that a lot of, and this is totally just my biased opinion, so fuck me if you think different. Um, but I think that a lot of youth in other countries are more advanced, like, emotionally than we are. So, um, or, like, I don't know, prepared a little better. And I think that a lot of 18-year-olds out there couldn't handle the thought of having to uh, just go be a dentist. And I now have a crying sitting up baby, so I will be right back. Yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just kind of expand on that and ramble while you're you're taking care of that. Try some 311, man. Nick Hexum, Doug Quigley, they'll, they'll put your baby to sleep. Um, I, I agree, because I look at me at 18. Oh, my God, it was horrible. I, I couldn't do fucking down school i shouldn't see people in a clinical setting at that age um but i don't know if that's that's every kid it's it's weird because it's like we're doctors we do a lot of doctor stuff like i cut open someone's fucking face today and drilled into their bones i mean we're doing you know serious medicine um so i feel i feel like this takes it from uh you know, a doctorate down to like a trade, like being like a welder or an electrician or a plumber or something like that. Like you're, you're going in and you're entering like a trade school, but I don't know that that's bad. You know, I don't know that that's like, if, if you got instead of two years of dental school where you're actually clinically doing stuff and then four years of undergrad learning how to take tests and another two years in dental school of, of taking tests and doing didactic stuff. Is that any better than say, like if we went to a system of four or five years of strict clinical education, like a, like an apprentice or mentorship from, from back in the before times. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just a, it's, it's one of those things that I think it's interesting. Where do you land on requirements? He's still taking care of his kids. Where do I land on requirements? So to get into dental school, you need like a year of anatomy. You need like a year of chemistry, a year of organic chemistry. Usually to get a year of organic chemistry, you need a year of biology, a year of physics. Um, you need a biochemistry course. And then I think nowadays you need some like writing and ethical like, random little little things and I'm, I'm glad that now Ryan has babies screaming on the podcast too and it's not just online um but is any of that stuff really useful you know do I use physics on a day to day basis do I use organic chemistry do I use biochemistry the answer is no but I, I think a lot of that you need to really evaluate the, uh, the scientific literature. 
because as a, as a dentist, especially the you go into practice, the more things change, the more things come out, and you're expected to look at studies and you know make changes to your uh, professional acumen by what you can learn and see and what you can understand. And if you can't understand and evaluate that material fucking critically, then you know, what are you even doing? So some of that, some of that background in, in science and, and whatnot is really important, especially if you go into a non-clinical aspect of dentistry. Like if you're gonna become a like a dental materials wizard, a, a jack fire ferricane type type person where you're gonna, you know, evaluate like, oh, how strong is zirconia? And I'm gonna do these different tests. I'm gonna look at chemical structures. It's like you need that stuff. And if you don't get it in your journey to dental school or in dental school, where the fuck would you get it? Let's see. Ryan, Ryan is still there. Maybe maybe I'll kind of circle back to that. So the the other thing about this, um, the school that people people are, are saying like you know it's it's going to ruin the profession because it, it you know cheapens it. It makes it less of a doctor if you go right out of high school. But the school itself is not saying it's going to take high school students. It's just saying it does not have strict um, entrance requirements in terms of prereqs and exam scores, which means that if I w went and I went to the, you know, apply to this school and I had all the prerequisites and I had good exam scores, I'm probably still going to be looked on like favorably versus if i didn't have that stuff if i'm coming in and i'm like oh i'm just a high school graduate i don't know dick about fuck um they're probably going to take the person with the prereqs and the exam story so i think i think it's a it's one of those things like when you know people are like oh if we legalize gay marriage like people will marry with their dog like it's just one of those slippery slope fucking fallacy logic bullshits that uh, wouldn't really happen in the first place Ryan has like a really interesting point, and I I really wanted to bring it up, but he's he's doing God only knows what. So I will circle back to this. Let me let me see if there's any, anything fun in dental school Reddit. Um, dude, can you just put composite on an old piece of filling? Ooh, this is a great question. Is there a little piece of, uh, if there's a little piece of a lost filling left that seems attached firmly and the spot there is, is a little bit tarnished, brownish, but no visual cavity, are there dentists who will argue to put composite on top of that? Or is it hundred percent obvious that it should be removed, clean and prepared? Ooh, this is, this is interesting. So, um, when you have, when you have a fillet, like a filling, like an old composite, uh, it'll eventually the margin will start ditching and it'll it'll turn brownish. It's like basically that's how you get re recurrent decay. There is not a good way to take a ditched margin and be like, well, I'll just do this little part, and I'm sure there's nothing gross underneath it. There's probably something fucking gross underneath it, so you should remove that, right? That's uh, you know Ryan and I talk all the time about like don't do don't do patchwork now. If we're going in and let's say a piece of filling fractured off, let's say they have, uh, you know, a DO 
the it, it's broken. The D portion is, is like mobile. There's some shit there, but the O portion looks looks fucking baller. Like you don't have to remove that, right? Um, if you can go and remove the the part of filling that's, that's broken or needs to be removed, and you can look at and see like, oh, well, this wasn't you know this wasn't a K that got underneath this this thing. This was. Um, you know, a break or something like that, and the, the underside looks clean. I can see this this margin there. I'm like, yeah, for sure, you can you can leave that in. You can even, you know, <laughs> if you want to get really weird, you can. Uh, I've seen people patch amalgam with composite. Just it looks like shit, but I've I've seen it be in someone's mouth for a thousand years. So yeah, that's a that's a great question, Dental School. Good job, good job on you. You know, good job, Dental School. Perfect. Okay, so uh, getting back, I took a Reddit question because okay. I, I was kind of talking about how the school itself, even though it says like you don't necessarily need prereqs, like it's kind of implied that they're still like if you have, you know, you took the DAT and you have a, a year of anatomy, a year of OPAM, year of whatever, like you're going to be looked on more favorably and have a higher chance of getting in um, than you would if I just graduated high school and like didn't know anything about anything um but if you said something very interesting you said well and then what if dental school was five years or what if dental school had a forced residency like what is your ideal um uh you know high school into a trade dental school what would that look like like how long would that be what would you do would there be a residency i mean i think that you know you were talking about how uh, you know, undergrad doesn't really prepare us for dental school or a lot of dental school in the first couple of years doesn't really prepare, prepare us for doing dentistry. But, you know, I, I think that a lot of what we do on a daily basis in order to be successful is critical thinking, right? It's, prob it's problem solving on the fly. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's that, number two crown that I took off today that had recurrent decay and all of a sudden I'm staring at a nerve and like trying to figure out how I'm going to solve this issue and keep my patient out of pain or, you know, the osteoporosis patient that was about to start reclass that I placed an implant on this afternoon. Like we snuck it in just under the wire. <laughs> um, but it's like thinking critically like that, that that's what I feel like undergrad in the first couple of years of those science classes are for hundred percent. And, and I, I was, I was also saying it gives you the ability to evaluate scientific research, which is another sure. thing that we kind of need eventually. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I would be terrified to go to a dental office and have let's see 18 a 22 year old working on me collecting a dentist paycheck that has never worked a day in their life you know what i mean so i think that in order for it to work straight out of high school there has to be a like a forced residency and i have heard rumors that that's what this high point university is um, now where where is this High Point University? Do we know? Yeah, let me, I'm on their website. Is it if is it in New York? That sounds like a place that it would be. Because New York does have a mandatory uh, post grad year. 
Yeah. It's in North Carolina. So that's, it starts with an okay. N, but it's not actually New York. Yeah. Uh, what is the easiest demo school to get into? Oh, interesting. All right. That's, that's a digress. Um, okay. cool, huh? um, yeah, I, I, so I've heard rumors that there is a certain DSO out there that is using this as a funnel. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you said it's, you said it's the workman dental school. And what, what's interesting is, isn't ASDO also a, a workman school? I don't know about that. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. I don't actually know. Uh, I can tell you where a couple ASDO people are. But I don't know. A lot of the ASDO people that we knew, I don't actually have any idea where they're at or what they're doing. Interestingly enough, can't even remember most of their names. Yeah. Um Ooh, uh, blah blah blah. Rick Workman, yeah. So that that center. So who is Rick Workman? Center for advanced. That's the Heartland CEO. Okay. So so yeah. So it's kind of uh, so. Speaking of that, so we're we're talking about uh, Heartland uh, being kind of involved in the school, but they're also highly involved in ASDO and ASDO. I know like great people that fucking came out of ASDO and I know people yeah. that came out of ASDO that work all over in different, different modalities. So I don't, I don't think it'll be like a true like funnel, but there is, there is definitely rumors that kind of like what we're talking about with residency, your residency might be forced to be within that DSO. And I don't, I don't know what I think about that. Well, yeah. I don't really think that I, agree with that but you know you also have to know what you're signing on for right you have to know yeah. that, that you're signing up for essentially a forced residency which you know if it's for a short period of time like that could be really beneficial you know i think that there is something really beneficial about coming out and working for a dso that if you're like paul you end up owning an office for or you know you get your reps in you get your confidence up and you go do something else whether it's working for a different dso or working in a group practice or owning or whatever whatever's right for you or just being an associate somewhere like whatever's right for you but i think that there's it's nice to have that safety net when you come out to just get her done you yeah know? for sure and one of the things that i think you know, it's frustrating at dental schools. They don't teach you anything about the business and how to how to really, you know, go in and hang your shingle or anything like that. So most classes, like OHSU, they just give you a shitty couple terms of like, here's like our pretend business class. I would almost rather do away with that and say like, hey, this is all uh, kind of uh, a sponsored program and you're going to come out and you're going to work like this, but uh, for a couple of years, but it's basically your school will be paid for whatever. It's kind of like doing the military thing, right? Like, nope. I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So there is no minimum GPA. Yeah. And there is no DAT score requirement. Yeah. Which, okay. I'm reading, I'm reading their brochure right now. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading their, their thing too. So let's think about the DAT. Is the DAT a good measure of whether or not you're going to be a good dentist? No, but it's a good measure of your critical thinking ability. Well, okay. That's so it. here's my next question. Is it a good measure of if you would do good in dental school? No. Yeah. So what are we, what are we doing with it really? Like, like what is the, what is my ability to mentally fold pieces of paper really telling someone? Cause I, I feel like the people that did really good on the dat um, were all over our, our, our class in terms of class rank, rank and things like that. Like it didn't yeah. really, you know, I think say anything, but also everyone in our, our class did graduate right so i mean you know we did well enough on the dat to get into school and there and we got through school yeah so can you tell me what like how big was our class paul 75 people yeah um can you tell me what like, the average class size is across the nation yeah just like a just a ball. I think it's around that because you have like some extreme outliers, like fucking, I think Maine, Harvard, or like 24, and fucking like NYU is like 200, you know? So I, I think yeah. around like 50 to 70 is sort of ballpark average. This competitive program will accept 240 students into its first class. Damn. Dude, if you are an undergrad and listening to this, and you are like even thinking about applying to dental school, like don't take the DAT, just apply to this school now in undergrad, <laughs> you're accepting 240 people, you're probably gonna get in. Fuck man, are they already accredited then? I mean, they're, they're uh, accepting their first class, so they have to be. That's just, it's in the so middle. Uh, it says that it's in the middle of the CODA accreditation uh, process, which is which is kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> right? What if you went in and you started doing like a, a year of dental school and they're like, oh, so we don't have any accreditation. Yeah. I mean, they will be by the time the first. I'm sure they will. Yeah, and it says their application goes on on up May first. So damn, that's crazy. It's it's kind of it's just an interesting thing. I I think it's important for any industry, and we've seen this like you know like with fucking like why does Toys R Us not fucking exist anymore? Why does Blockbuster not exist anymore? It's like those you know someone has to come in and be a disruptor, and the disruptors either fail hard, crash and burn, or they, they change kind of things in a radical way. So who, who knows? Maybe this will maybe this will change dentistry. Are you scared of it? Am I scared of what? I don't know. So have you been on the fucking internet, Ryan? If you go to a group about dental about dentistry and you search High Point University, people are losing their fucking money. They're like, oh my god, it's gonna be the end of the world. No one will be able to, you know, drill on teeth in peace anymore. We're all gonna fucking die. I don't know. I don't. I don't really think it's gonna fucking 
change much of anything. If it, if anything, it just might change the model of what dental school looks like. And we've already have schools like fucking look at UAP. It does the does it in three years, right? Yeah. So we already know that the four years upper blah thing, like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be that. And fucking Coda accredited the three year school. So you know, if they're looking at it and if they can graduate people that can, you know, talk good enough and drill good enough, like what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think it can be done. I think that you know, there's being the first class to anything is gonna have its challenges, right? Yeah, uh, but you know, I, I you, mean, got, you got no tests on the Google Drive to study off. Right, you're just <laughs> winging it. Um, I think that you know, being a a workman's school or whatever, I think that you know, it's not like High Point just willy nilly decided like, hey, let's make a dental school because that looks like we're gonna make a lot of money. You know, yeah, they've, well, got, and they've got like, someone behind it that has some experience. And so I think that I think it'll probably probably be a program. But you, I think you're right. I think it might. Uh, it's definitely prob- it's it's definitely going to let people get into the dental field that probably wouldn't have made it in the traditional dental school route and the dent- and the application patients and all of that, um, which might be good for the field. Yeah. You know. And honestly, um, it doesn't look. Uh, I'm just looking at their tuition and fees. Uh, I didn't you see, know, I didn't get to that part. Uh, total with housing and stuff is, is 48, which that's not bad. Hmm. I don't see any kind of breakdown in in-state versus out-of-state, but I mean, you know, yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is. I yeah. I probably. I only applied to one school, but I mean, if I was applying to more schools, I'd probably at least check this out. So you, uh, you know what we should do, Paul? We should apply to this school and re-go through dental school. I know. I'd turn turn that shit down. We should apply and see if we get in. (laughs) Do you just, oh, dude, I just got a message on Reddit right now. Really? Just messaged me on Reddit and it says, Hey doc, sorry to bother you, but can I ask you a question about tongue health? I didn't want to add to all the threads about thrush. Uh, I'm just going to set this chat and say, share. Say we're literally recording a podcast right now. (laughs) You're live on the air. Live on the podcast. Probably won't. Won't even respond at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my let, God. Me well, you, let me tell you how to renew your car insurance. You tell people to brush their tongue? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Do you give them little tongue brushes? No, I tell them to use their toothbrush. Okay, just checking. Gag it out like a normal human. What about, what do you have? Do you give people, like, what do you have to, like, give people? Do you have, like, gingival stimulators or fucking soft no. picks, floss threaders? And, like, what, what goodies uh, do you got? We have floss th- threaders and we have proxy brushes and we have super floss. Um, yeah, I got all that shit. And then we, toothpaste wise, we have, we dispense Floramax, which I don't love it. It's not my favorite product, but it's economical because 
my patients won't pay what a tube of Prevident costs. Yeah, see, I use I think it's called Floridex. Yeah, uh huh, Floridex. Yeah, same type of thing. It's cheaper than Prevident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Floramax is fine. It's just kind of gritty, kind of chalky. Yeah, that um, sounds a lot like the Floridex. Mouth rinse wise, uh, we use Stance. Okay. Um, which Stance is a Stannis fluoride. Are you familiar with Stance, Paul? Yeah, yeah. I think we've actually talked about it on here before. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rinse, right? Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm really happy with with what we see in our, especially our perio patients. When you talk to people about, and I don't know, maybe your hygienist does this. Do you ever like? Do you, do you just like? You know what? I'm gonna fucking flex some chemistry stuff. I'm gonna tell you about how the fucking you know, stannous fluoride, you know, with disassociates, you get two fucking fluorides and that shit. Like, do you ever go through fucking enamel surface chemistry? See, the fluoride comes in and then it'll pull in up to eight calciums or whatever the fuck. <laughs> no? Okay. Every every now and then, and I like to think of it as me Thomasing, because I always remember sitting over near Thomas and just hearing him talk to a patient about, like, <laughs> about whatever about, kind of thing we were studying in middle school. Breastfeeding. Breastfeeding. I will, I will never forget that appointment. Yeah. What? What? I got, this, I got this patient. I'm doing whatever. I'm stressing out about my DL or whatever. the patient. And Tom. <laughs> Tom was breastfeeding his patient. Uh, he's like, shh, 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 shh. it's okay. Um, no, he was like having a conversation and talking with his patient about how breastfeeding promotes uh proper you know oral development palate development all that stuff and it was he wasn't wrong of course but it was just funny to hear like my patients over here freaking out that i'm drilling on their tooth and tom's over there like yeah you should put your nipple in your baby's mouth and it was (laughs) and then like within 10 minutes they were having a conversation about something completely different like strip clubs in portland or something like that and i was like what is happening next door that sounds like such a thomas appointment very different than what is happening in my operatory right now yeah Um, interestingly enough paul some of the sample courses for this high point uh accounting and financial management oh are some of their preferred courses well that's kind of that's kind of cool yeah yeah, I'm really interested to like if anyone's applying, like fucking shoot us an email. I'd love to I'd love to get somebody that goes through the admissions process on just to like tell us about stuff. I think I'm gonna apply. <laughs> Sometimes I, I when I see jobs for that I've like posted, you know, like trying to hire an associate dentist, I was like, I should apply. Or I should see have a gen- see if I make it through the screening process. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because what are they going to do? Are they going to look up that I'm? They're either going to like Google my name, be like, "He's already a dentist in Oregon." This asshole. <laughs> I could accept you. I was like, "That's an easy fifty grand a year." And just yeah, you won't even show up. They'll teach <laughs> half the class for us. There we go. Um. Yeah, I wonder how like. Because you think about you know startup down school and stuff like stuff like that, like think about populating the clinic for getting patients and stuff like that. It just seems so like starting a down school seems hard, but 
I don't know. I guess they do it frequently enough. There's how many fucking dental schools now? 67 or 68? I think there's more than that. I, I wonder if like I can Google how many dental schools. I thought there was like 66 when we graduated. There's 70 accredited. 70. 70. And it's so, and, and if you type in what is the number one dental school, it says the University of Michigan. So good job, Michigan. Well, that's funny because I'm pretty sure University of Michigan was just on one of the easiest schools to get into list that I saw. Oh, yeah. Well, they all the smart people want to do it easy. Yeah. Uh, so they have a list of like not ready yet, maybe ready, and are ready. And they have a mm -hmm. knowledge one. And they're not ready yet is transcripts not uploaded. Okay. Uh, there may be ready is a bachelor's or master's degree, and they're ready is a doctoral degree. So if you already have a PhD in something, you're probably ready for this program. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, you're ready and experience if you've had if you have have research uh, present or publications. Uh your attributes are you are ready. What? You're ready if you have publications? Uh, yeah. Uh, attributes. Jeez. Uh, no, 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 no. This, yeah, I, I'm losing faith in this school. Uh, attributes are you are ready if, and it says no academic integrity. <laughs> so if you don't have academic integrity, you are ready for this school. Well, there you, there you go. <laughs> you may be ready if you have a history of misconduct, Paul. Okay. And you are not ready if you have academic integrity. So I feel weird. like I've been, I've been to juvenile prison, so <laughs> I, I would I would fucking own this place. Uh. Uh. Man, what else is on here? This is funny. <laughs> we get in trouble now. We're going to get a cease and desist just because we read their admissions policy. Paul, under the reflection section, so this section that I'm reading is knowledge, experiences, attributes, reflections, and insights. And under uh -huh. reflections, you may be ready if you have a potential behavioral concern. <laughs> where? Why am I not finding them? Where are you? <laughs> Uh, is this the it, admissions tab or where? Uh, I'll I'll text this to you. Uh, and then the insights. Uh, uh, uh this one's kind of boring. So there you go. If you have no academic integrity, have a potential behavioral concern, <laughs> and already have a doctoral degree where you've presented research and. <laughs> or you have publications, then you're probably ready to go to High Point. This is hilarious. All right. Boom. Here, I'll text this to you. It's funny. Dude, also Google High Point, H-I, and then point. Instead of High Point. And then you could throw a 45 after it if you wanted to. And you will see the ugliest 45 ever made. Okay, hang so, on. I'm still, so I'm still boxy working. and ugly. So working through this. 
Um, okay, just give me back. Um, yeah, man, that's that's hilarious. Uh, what was it? H I point. H I point, and then forty five. You'll just see this really ugly pistol. <laughs> it's like this is the gun you can get for one hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> This is the gun choice of most bankers. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually like it, it, when they give you your admissions bag. I guess they give you one of these. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, so what's uh, anything new, exciting going on with your practice? No, no, not really. We're just plugging along. Um, yeah, just plugging along, doing teeth, being mechanics. My new nice. thing is I'm a, I'm I'm just a tooth mechanic, and just <laughs> fix people's broken stuff all day. Like, look at the new thing that someone takes care of. Um, I've got some fun cases coming up. Well, that's cool. I've, I've been just kind of boring shit for this whole mm. month. This month has been, it's not like a bad month, but it's just not a good month. And my no-shows are like through the fucking roof right now. It's driving me crazy. I, uh, Tell me about your fun cases coming up. I have doubled the amount of impl implants I placed last year already this year. Damn. Yeah, so that's cool. From one to two, huh? Yeah, from one to two. Um, <laughs> no, I'm like on track to do a hundred this year, which is cool. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, hey, it all comes you, out later, so. um, how often do you have to restore an implant that someone else like place like new patient goes up, they've got an unrestored implant. Have you run into that a lot? Uh, not really. I, a lot of my patients are long-term patients. Um, and so it's funny how, how much of this comes organically. Cause I don't do any marketing. Um, yeah. but I just did have to restore a bridge done by my oral surgeon, which it looked great, tastes great, but it's a strawman and the strawman tie bases are like, are not hex or not. They're, they're just like, they sit on top of the implant. They don't actually go into the implant. It's the weirdest thing ever. It feels like all the stress is on the screw. It feels like huh. the most wrong thing you've ever seen in your life. And it doesn't have like a platform sw switch thing. It's not like the nope. BLXs. Nope. No, nope. it just sits on top of the implant. Huh? It feels so incredibly wrong. Like I called the lab and I was like, uh, did you guys forget part of my abutment? And they were like, "No, that's how the that's how they are. That's how the strawman bridge tie bases are." And I was like, "Okay, that's weird. I don't like it. Can you do something different?" <laughs> yeah, this is just gonna break. Yeah, that is weird. Cause I had um, I had a, a guy. He came in and he he moved here from Texas or something. He had an implant placed. Um, and he wanted to get two more implants and then restore them all at the same time. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. So I fucking put two screws in his head 
and I, I put in Strawman, and then I contacted the other office, and they sent me over his his thing. They're like, yeah, we placed a Strawman fucking BLX implant on 19. I was like, oh, great. That keeps it really simple, because I put yeah. Strawman BLX. He has Strawman BLX, so when I'm like putting all the stuff to do the scans to order crowns, that'll be really fucking easy. So that appointment's today. Uh, I had to second stage one of my implants, um, and I put my, you know, fucking scan bodies in. Fine. I go to put the screw in the other, in number 19, or the driver, rather, and it won't fucking go in. I'm like, fuck, it's all weird. And I'm like, hey, hand me the, you know, fucking Nobel hex, because it fits, like, goddamn 90% of everything, right? Yeah. Like if it, I was like, I, maybe this is just, like, a weird... Like they used the third party screw or something. So I go and I take, and then sure enough, it fits. So I take the screw out and I go to try to shove my fucking BLX scan body in there. It won't do anything. I'm like, what the, what the fuck is wrong with this? I'm looking at it and it's looking back at me and I'm looking at it and I'm like, why is it yellow? And I'm like, is it a Nobel 4 3? Those are yellow. So I grab a scan body for that and that's what it was. Huh. So this fucking other office just randomly sent me like uh, an implant sticker for not this guy's implant. And it was just yeah. sort of dumb luck that I'd placed enough of those fucking four threes that I'm like, wait, I recognize this fucking implant. Not funny. Yeah. yeah but I, I have a hunch it's going to be one of those, like the lab's going to like, oh, how are we ever going to do this? Um, so I I recently took, uh, I'm in the process of taking uh, a full mouth rehab course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I was taking it and I, I, when I meet people that like teach CE and like teach big CE, like I, that's mm-hmm. where my, starstruckness comes from like if i i've met plenty of famous people in my life and like they don't scare me but when i meet somebody at a ce course and i'm like oh yeah i teach here and i also teach this other course it's super hard to get into and you know really limited space now i teach it once or twice a year then i'm like it take my money i don't care what you're teaching just teach me whatever that is because it sounds cool and, and yeah. you sound like a human so teach me things so I, I taking this full mouth course with a guy named Wade Pilling out of Boise, Idaho, yeah. and he's baller. I yeah, he is, and I like I'm sitting there in class the first day, and I was like, I'm never going to use this. Like, this sounds cool, but this just doesn't fit my patient population, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to have patients that are going to spend this kind of money. And I literally, that was on Thursday, Friday. I highly recommend this course if there's any of you out there wanting to take some full mouth stuff. Like he is awesome. His workflow is super easy to follow. Um, He teaches you things in a relatable way and like easy ways to find PR and all of that stuff. And um, so I literally then... I get back and I was out of the office Monday, Tuesday, and I get back on Wednesday and like my third patient on Tuesday morning walks in holding a bridge and like new patient, never met this dude before. 
in mm -hmm. on a limited exam and he comes in holding his bridge from like seven to nine in his hand Bro both of them broken off at the gun line all of his teeth super worn down uh and i looked at it and i was like this is a, this is a full mouth case like these teeth are all savable they just need to be built back up and so i looked at him and i was like this is full mouth like you need full mouth rehab or you need everything extracted but i think your teeth are savable and he was like i was like <laughs> just you know i'm flying by the seat of my pants i was like because i hadn't put any of this in the computer yet yeah um, like patient didn't have any insurance which is like already great and i was like we do a flat fee of x every all the treatment you need will be covered we do a flat fee of x mm. and he was like and then i like treatment planned it up and he was like well he was like how much is it if we do like one crown at a time and i was like uh well it'll double You're like if, twice if, as much and yeah, we'll no, literally if we yeah. deconstruct this it doubles and he was like oh this sounds like a good deal and i was like to be honest with you like this is something new i'm just running this workflow like I, you know i've done a thousand crowns in my career like doing that work isn't but the workflow is new to me so if you're willing to like kind of fumble through this new workflow with me and like be my guinea pig like i'm more than happy to do this for you and so we take a cbct and it's like three root canals and five implants and like 24 crowns or something like that and i'm like or I'm like oh my god and i have to open <laughs> like way open this dude up and i'm like a little terrified now. but anyway so i got that coming up and then i've got uh definitely like two more full mouth places coming up so it's just funny how you like you take something and you start looking for it and you're like oh yeah this is a full mouth case and you talk to the patient about it and they're like i really don't like my teeth anyway so let's do it yeah it's it's interesting too because it's it, it's sort of like one of those it's like you, sometimes you see them and you know i'll i will see cases that they could be full mouth rehab cases um and you know i'm like hey we could do this and, and people almost no blah denture only thing i want like fuck <laughs> you for even suggesting we save one of my teeth it's like, oh, my bad. So you get into this like kind of zone where it's like, I, I run into this a lot with all on fours when I'm talking about dentures, you know, and I talk about implants. Sometimes I don't mention the all on four. And then a patient will be like, well, what I really want is this. And I'll be like, yeah, we, we, we could do that. We actually do that here. And they're like, oh, you have an oral surgeon? I was told, you know, it was like $60,000. And I was like, eh, it's a little cheaper than that, probably a neighborhood of 45. And they're like, oh my God, let's do it. I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, so it's it's interesting. Like, I think having that in your wheelhouse and thinking about it, because if you never present it, you never fucking do it. So, yeah. one, of the, one of the first things he says is, no one needs a full mouth rehab. Like, patients get along just fine with no teeth. Like, mm -hmm. no one needs a full mouth rehab. This is a completely elective procedure. I'm like, I don't necessarily agree with that, like, function-wise. Like, this guy can't yeah. function. Yeah. Unless we open him up and give him more tooth structure and proper anatomy. Like, everything's flat. Like, he's just ground into oblivion. And he's just Captain Nubby Nub. Yeah, Captain Nubs. 
Um, and I asked him to smile and he like gave me this like crooked thing. And I was like, dude, I got to send this to the lab. Like, can you actually give me a smile? Um, but I thought that was cool to like instantly come back and, and be like, Oh, Hey, we can do this. Um, yeah. And I've, I've only done like a very small amount of like, you, you know, cases like that, but they're kind of the most rewarding cases. It's, it's like, wow. Yeah. Did all this like delivery day for one of those, like the getting to delivery day is fucking pain in the ass. And I'm really interested to see you do these because my workflow, the, the course I took was, you know, do the back and do the front, you know, that whole thing, which I, I understand now is sort of the old way of thinking. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool to like to do and kind of change every two. Yeah. So he does, uh, he teaches 10 over 10. So you do, mm -hmm. uh, whatever, four to 13 on the top, and then you do 20 to 28 on the bottom. And he, and one of the first questions was, what about the molars? And he was like, no one needs molars. Like, you don't even ever have to crown the molars. Just open them up and put them in premolar occlusion, and they'll be just fine. Just keep them mixed with their canine guidance, and they're going to be fine. Like, I do it this way, and then I come back and do the molars because the molars are where you always get your interferences. So if you mm -hmm. build your CR occlusion off the premolars, then you're not like, and then you build your molars into that, then you're going to eliminate your interferences if you have a good lab. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So he's like, but like, if the patient never wants to get their molars done, they'll be just fine. I was like, okay, I wouldn't recommend that, but I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited to, to jump into some of this. His case is at the lab right now. The, the lab that I'm using is also out of Idaho, and they're, like, it's apparently really hard to get into. But I called and was like, hey, I'm part of this class with uh, – I know Wade. Have you heard of him? I, I'm taking Wade's class. Would you guys be willing to help me not suck? And they were like, yeah, we'd love to. Uh you know, tell us what you got going on, send us pictures, send us all the stuff. Like just make sure you check the boxes and and do good quality work and we'll make sure that this looks good for you. I'm like, freaking sweet, man. Uh um, you ever do a procedure and you like you've done it a couple times and then you switch labs and like what they send you for it is just hand over fist volumes better than what you had in the past. And you're like, what the fuck? Was my other lab like bullshit? Yeah, so I used one lab for a long time out of school, like my first mm -hmm. three years, and I just thought that's what a crown was. And then I started using a local lab, and like he's spendy, but his crowns are far and away better. Mm -hmm. And then for a while, I was like, well, maybe I'll send some stuff to Glidewell because I heard you know, on whatever working interferences, they talked about Glidewell and how you can do like the 24 hour crowns or whatever. And I got some of those back and I was like, these look like garbage. Like <laughs> the margins were good. That was fine. But like the crown itself was just like, you took a chiclet and made it whiter. And I wanted like, oh God. I wanted like 4M2 and it's like bleach white, 
if you if you bleached white, that would be the color it was. And I was like, why is this like first generation zirconia? Like, what is this? Yeah, I had like, my first starter. I really wanted to do because they had like a twenty five dollars zirconia crown. Yeah, twenty five dollars. Right? Yeah, so like like twenty five dollars zirconia crown. Yeah, it looks something you like opened up like a like one of those fucking quarter machine things. It had like a like a to yeah. it. This isn't no anatomy. It was just this fucking opalescent cube. It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm entering this this newer like I feel like I'm entering a new part of my career with like branching out to labs that are in different states and like I don't know, just exploring a little bit. There was another lab in Vegas that I wanted to check out, but um, oh, they, the High Roller Lab or whatever it's called. Uh, I don't remember what it was called. It was an aesthetic lab out of Vegas. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. I know what you're talking about. But then this lab in Idaho was like, "Yeah, we'll take you." And I was like, "Well, fuck them then," because I don't know what their shit's like. So I'm gonna just go with you. Um, Have you ever got um, like done like a like an all on four uh, denture where you're gonna do a bar and they send you? No. So, like, and I, I remember very briefly, we learned this in school with, like, GC resin, and it was pain in the ass, but so I was other lab and sent me this thing, and it was just like, you know, it looks like it, you pulled this red fucking booger out of your nose. That's the consistency of what it looks like. Yeah. You put it in and make sure it doesn't rock on the implants, and usually always fucking rocks somewhere, so you have to, like, cut it and then together with fucking GC resin and, and bullshit and make it all work and it like I said it just it works and you get a good end product but that process is takes a long time and it, it the actual product that they're sending you looks like it came out of one of the technicians nose. Well <laughs> I just changed labs and I ordered like hey I'm doing this all on four case I need a, a jig um because it's gonna it's gonna end up being a you know type and they send me the super nicest. It looks like it's made out of mouth guard material. Each uh, um, part of it screws into the uh, uh, you know the multi unit abutment, and then it has this really nice custom tray with the school screw holes flat. And then they just you pick it up with that, and then build the bar off of that. And I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be way faster. It looks way better. Like when I'm pulling it out, and the patient actually sees the shit. That's some high quality business you're about to screw into my fucking face hole versus this other like, oh, don't look at the nose goblin. <laughs> Someone did too much booger sugar in the back room. Exactly. Yeah, it was just like I had, but I never I never knew there was another thing. That's just how it works. Like, yeah. That's the only thing that exists. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's what's fun about CE and you know different things. Another way to do this, like what, what you're saying with like fuck the molars. I no one told me that. <laughs> I still don't know what I think about it, but you know, it's interesting. Well, I mean, we learned about the shortened dental arch and only, Short, only yeah, yeah. twenty teeth, right? I mean, yeah. that's essentially what it is. But I mean, he comes back, so he does the he does the ten over ten, and then comes back and does the other eight uh, later. But yeah, and when you tell me that and the canine guidance, everything, it may 
the content. Yeah. I just like you do the fucking, you know, uh, the back, you know, you you do you do everything but the but the front. And the guidance, it's like oh, it's just kind of exactly backwards. Yeah, but I mean, there's different ways to, to do things, right? Like yeah. someone developed that way, and it works, and that's why they keep teaching it. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, this is just some dude that only does this. So, you know, it works for him. It might not work for everybody, but like. Yeah, one day I want to be a dude that only does this one thing. Yeah, and like, it was just crazy. Like, he pretty much only does all on X treatment or full mouth stuff. Like, that's all he was like, I haven't done a filling in like four months. See, that sounds awesome. And he like comes in the morning and he does like an arch of implants and then he does a full mouth in the afternoon or backwards. He only has two appointments a day. And like, I don't know, you just meet people that like, you feel like you have your shit together, Paul. Like you feel like you're, you're good and you're solid. And like, no, I don't feel like that at all. But like, you know, you look at the money we make and you're like, I, I'm doing great. Like this is this is exactly what I got into dentistry. And then you meet guys like him or, um, you know, a lot of these guys that do the all like only focus on implants and all enforced stuff. Mm -hmm. Josh Nagao and Clark Brinton and they take you a ride in, in their private jet type of guys. Yeah, so. Like, yeah. Like a lot of those guys. And I have no idea how much Josh or, or Clark make, but just guys that like, that's what they focus on. And you see the tickets that come with that. There's also, you know, high lab lab bills or lab fees and stuff like that. They go with it. But when like sitting there talking with Dr. Pilling and he like, owns hotels and owns a car wash chain and like is like 45 years old and i'm like i've got like 11 years to get like i'm never like i don't know you feel like you're 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 at the top of your game and then you like go to these courses and you meet people and you're like i suck dick at everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beyond, like I may as well just not even make money because I don't. <laughs> do you remember? Get the this day. Do you, do you remember when we went to uh, the? Oh, what was it? That dentalpreneur thing? Did you go to that in Arizona? Yeah. 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 Do you remember? That's right. Do you remember yeah. we were sitting in? I don't remember if it was i think it was you sitting next to me we went to a workshop and it was a so where we had to figure stuff. out our net worth and <laughs> yeah. ours were both like highly negative <laughs> and the lady next to me knew this lady next to me it's like in her 50s and it's like cash on hand 20 million dollars and i'm like who the yeah. fuck has that kind of money you know like look at my bank account i'm like cash on hand 412 dollars like what is happening right now? Yeah, um, because he was like, "Yeah, log on to your bank account right now. Like, <laughs> you, know, so you can put in an accurate number or whatever." It's like I know that twenty dollars is. Left that, and it's like, so we just found off we're worth more dead. Yeah, 
you can live for seven minutes based off your current yeah. life. It's like, sweet. This lady's like, you could have retired 59 years ago. And she's only like 50. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, funny. funny. It is It is funny because I have like, uh, you know, I didn't really, I started dental school late. I didn't really contribute to my 401k. I'm doing that now. And I'm doing my little like, price planner or whatever it's like oh you're making good contributions you're you're doing you're doing great blah uh estimated year that you can retire 96 <laughs> <laughs> like, sweet <laughs> um we just met with a financial planner finally we're, we're trying to get our lives together and be more adulting we met with a financial planner and we gave him all our stuff and he's going through his initial plan with us and he's like so you know <laughs> we run all these numbers and we have you know a thousand scenarios and he was like just so you know where you guys currently are 13 percent of the time you have enough money to die <laughs> like you have enough money to retire at this age and make it until like the average life expectancy and still have money. And it was like, well, that's kind of cool. Cause I really haven't done anything and I have a shit ton of debt and 13% of the time I am not poor when I retire. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's, that's a pretty good accomplishment. Yeah. He was like, I see a lot worse than this. So don't feel bad about this number. And my wife's like, almost borderline in tears because she's so stressed out and i was like cool i'm glad to i'm glad to know that that we did something ish yeah i feel like this week i probably started out at 13 and i'm back down to like five percent <laughs> tax day fucked me yeah but that's okay my fucking like he called me he's like hey uh so, are you sitting down? It's not the not the way to start a phone. No, no, not a, not when you're talking about money. Yeah, I was like, I was like, dude, I know that. Don't, don't overdramatize it. Yeah. Um, How do we avoid this next year? That's in the next question. Yeah. Well, I think I'm basically my big thing is I went from you know five days a week to three and a half. So I mean that'll help i just beat out projections by way, way too much and it just kind of fucked me yeah especially because i didn't pay quarterlies yeah that 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 yeah you'd have been fine if you did just pay quarterlies but yeah, yeah exactly but it was it all amounts to the same i, I just i just squirrel yeah. through the year yeah one one so, big yeah. check or four little checks exactly yeah mm, but um so let's see. So do you want to do some of our mail? Yeah. Or okay. Fuck Reddit. Let's do our mail. Our people matter. Fuck, fuck Reddit. Our people matter. Okay. Um, this is kind of interesting. Uh, they want to know what kind of car you drive, Ryan. What kind of car I drive? Yeah. I have a 2018 Chevy Silverado. Nice. Mm-hmm. You were you were very trucky. You're trucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I uh, I would like a commuter car because the gas mileage isn't super great. But like, I also live in this population where if I were to be like, I'm gonna buy a Tesla, then everybody would be like, "Fuck off with your Tesla." 
Like I would hear about it constantly. So, you know, I'll probably never own a Tesla. Um, yeah, I, you know, I was thinking that for a hot minute and then I ended up, you know, I got that Jeep. I drive a Jeep Wagoneer. Um, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really look like it's extra fans, but it's nice on the inside. Like it's a, it's a good thing and I don't get yeah. shit for it. And it's not too terrible for a giant ass thing. Cool. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I probably, Thirteen new Nissan Cube until it fell apart, but Caitlin made me buy a big car for trips. Yeah, um, I I got my truck for a really good deal right before we graduated dental school, and it's paid off. And I would love a new truck, um, but I don't want a car payment, and this is paid off, so I'm gonna go ahead and not. Yeah, not less payments on, on shit, the better. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm just kind of scrolling through. I, uh, chopped stuff into various bits and I didn't really prepare for today and, and bring stuff to the forefront. So I'm going to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes okay. I can, we forgive you. Yeah. Sometimes I can be shitty. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what type of things did you do while you were? school to improve your hand skills um i feel like i did dentistry <laughs> i did not do dentistry in dental school so this i like this question really? um, i i just challenged myself like i knew that when i sat down to cut a crown prep on a plastic tooth it took me whatever 30 minutes to do a really good job right and mm. so I just pushed myself and I would set a timer every time we did something to do something faster. Um, and, and, and maintain the same quality, you know, cutting out those, those little steps that cost me time. Uh, and so I was just always racing myself. Um, or, you know, a lot of times if they told us, you know, do a crown prep on number 19, uh, I'd do three. Yeah. Um, and then I'd pick the one I like the most. Um, I feel, I feel like in uh, first year, we both spent a lot of extra time in sim lab, like yeah. cutting some extra preps and doing some things. I feel like that that helped me. I, I just feel like this, I got that advice from you. I also did the time myself, see if I could do a faster thing. I was yeah. like, someone told me I could do that, and it really helped. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it was, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've talked about this before, but I had a really poor dental experience, I, or dental school experience. I did like 16 class twos, or 16 fillings my entire two years in clinic. Um, so it was really that working through um, as many as many preps as I could, because our teeth were part of our tuition. We didn't have to like buy our type of teeth. So, you know, yeah. he who had the most teeth won. Um, <laughs> the other thing I think that probably helped my hand skills a little bit was tutoring. So when I was a third and fourth year, I did, you know, it was nice because I got paid for it. Uh, Aspects of dentistry. Yeah, but I, but I, no, not that. Like I actually tutored. Yeah. 
first and second years. Oh. Um, in the sim lab. And so I feel like that helped too because I got to critique someone else's stuff um, in a much nicer way than than the <laughs> but I got to critique and see where someone else was really struggling and try and help them solve why they were struggling. And I feel like that that helped me problem solve a little bit on why I was struggling on stuff. Nice. Yeah, that actually turned out to be better because I forgot like how important like speed can be to like just practice on doing something faster I think sometimes you develop like little different techniques that help you and go back and, like you know you need to slow down or something yeah so yeah that was a really really helpful I don't know if I ever told you how helpful that was for me, but... <laughs> well thank you I have good good ideas every now and then um, so this uh, person is is female, and she's talking about she is graduating. Congratulations! Um, wants to go in the workforce. Feels like she's good at uh, the crowns, fills, that type of thing. Doesn't feel strong enough in terms of extractions, like physical strength. Like it hurts. Doesn't want to do extractions, and uh, is asking for advice on how to get better on that. I mean, you're the extraction king, Paul. Um, I was. I just wanted to hear you say that. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know where you went to dental school, but I think you might be an OHSUer. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, when we were there, was not really great at teaching the oral surgery stuff. Like they didn't let us do a lot. And I left OHSU not knowing how to use that forceps not knowing how to use the elevators and i was muscling teeth out of people's fucking faces and they would break and it was uh, not great um i did a like mini residency with a dr adam maleski who is a baller and he taught me how to actually use all those instruments to their intended purpose um and it works, the tooth just fucking gives up the goose and it comes out. Like, um, he was one of the things he says it's like, if you're using an instrument for 10 seconds, you'd be grabbing a different instrument. And that's, you know, that is that is true. Uh, so, watch some videos on YouTube or read some stuff and really with people who know how they're doing and look at how you're using the instruments. Because um, when you use the instruments uh, correctly, it's very, very rare that it's a problem you know very rarely maybe like a root canal tooth like requires some extra like oomph uh to get out but you, you like you're exhausted pulling teeth like you're you're just you gotta let the instruments fucking do the work mm -hmm. i agree yeah. with that i i yeah i go i go through my or i go to my handpiece really quickly yeah um, especially if you know have like uh, the handpiece out and because I had to section something. I always go in order. I start with tooth one and I go across and down over uh, uh, to get to 32, right? So if I if I already open the handpiece on tooth two, like, fuck it, I'm just going to use it on everything that's already there. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're doing a full mouth. I mean, like I had a, 
I had a tough number 20 today that had been partially root canaled and was broken at the gum line and really tight space. And so I used a flamber mm-hmm. on my handpiece and just went in the PDL space and just released down the PDL space down the tooth. Um, nice. Which is something I've just started doing. Normally I'd just take like a giant surgical burr and just hog out some bone. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to be a little more conservative. Um, and so that, that worked well. It took, it still took me a bit. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely not, I'm not super, there's extractions that I am super fast at, but you know, I section all of my molars. Um, whoever you are human, I'm, I'm a little person like you might be. And, uh, I don't have have a lot of muscles. So, um, I, I, uh, I try and let the let the instruments do the work for me. But I notice when I, you know, it's, it's about, for me, it's about taking my time and going slow. Um, because if I, if I get in too big of a rush or I think that I need to hurry up and get something out, then I'm, uh, I'm going to break it. And then I'm going to hate yeah. myself when I'm going to dig it. How long is quite a while for you, Paul? I don't know, like ten minutes. I was gonna say I was gonna say nine minutes, but um, but you know what tooth it was? If you had to guess a tooth, upper first premolar. Uh, fuck premolars, by the way. Uh, no, it was tooth P. Huh. So what had what had happened is this chick had had a retained, you know, primary. So the little tiniest fragment of root way down in there. Mm. And it was just so small, but also so far down. <laughs> so far down. Just getting that little that little last bit, like it was just I couldn't get purchase anywhere. If you'd have left it, would it have been fine? I, yes, it definitely would have been fine if I had left it, I'm pretty sure. But I knew I could get it out. <laughs> and sometimes it's that challenge, right? right. Um, sometimes it's that I challenge. I did debate leaving it. Yeah. But the other reason I didn't want to leave it is uh, she wants to go into uh, orthodontics. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that would probably be in somebody's way. I don't know enough about ortho to to know if that little pea fragment down there was fucking up. I felt like, it would. like I said, I knew I could get it. It just it was just super annoying. I couldn't get the right fucking thing. Anything I had that was the right shape to it. I honestly probably would have resorbed during ortho. Yeah, I see I wasn't sure. Yeah, I mean better be safe than sorry, right? But it it's it's one of those, like I think with extractions and root tips, this is an interesting thing. Uh, when is it okay to leave a root fragment? When there's less than three That's millimeters. Well, well, think about this. Let me challenge that because I think that's what we learned in school, or that's what, that's the, what research the research says. says. Yeah. But let's take a look at. Um, you have an impacted wisdom tooth. It's down near the nerve, so you leave. Uh, so you do an intentional coronectomy. It'll be fine, right? Paul, I have no idea because I don't do that. 
yeah, it'll be fine. It's a totally <laughs> fine, fine yeah. all the fucking time. Yeah. Um, I've I've seen follow ups on them all the fucking time. They're fine. Um, I, I think we just got that arbitrary somehow from a good study and it works, but realistically, uh, if there's no pathology, like if the tooth isn't a product, whole, whole fucking Mm-hmm. But if it's not, you know, in like in this case, a retained tooth that, that fractured, if I had that, that root crack, just like I said, it probably would have fucking resorbed or domed over or anything. Um, so, yeah, so my thought process is always if, if I'm risking damaging something, like, yeah. start, like if, I'm, if I'm taking out a tooth as part of a full mouth extraction or something like that, and this tooth was not. Didn't have no fucking parts. It's not sitting in an abscess. And let's say I break a little fragment of root, and it's up near the sinus, and it's right there, and I can fucking see the sinus. Like, we probably just let that chill, you yeah. know, because otherwise it's just gonna end up floating around in your fucking head. And I'm gonna be like, okay, I want you to hold on one nostril, hard the other nostril. I want to see before that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, or uh, you're gonna blow out. You know, lingual plate trying to get you know some weird thing like if i don't have those wrists like number p i got a ton of bone up there there's nothing you know and it's like oh if i have to dig out you know some extra bone in this area will it fucking matter no yeah so i went for it i was like i want to get it out Perfect. i want to feel the goodness that i'm going to feel like working on this for a few extra minutes and getting yeah. it out i mean pretty much the only time i'll intentionally leave something as if it if it if it's just too hard to see right yeah and like i am i'm reasonably confident that like it's a chunk of dentin and cementum like there's no pulpal tissue yeah in it like you know you pull that tooth out and there's just like a sliver of root left like i'll leave that I, I a few times I've left, you know, a bigger section of root if I just I just really can't get it and it's a tight space and it's usually a maxillary premolar. Um, yeah, that, when you said the maxillary premolar, I was like, yeah, that's what I figured you'd say. Yeah. Um, but those are probably the teeth I'm best at taking out. So it's one. Of, it's one of those. There is. Like, I think you start doing a lot of maxillary first. Um, something about you approach it like everything else. I'm going to figure it. And then I'm going to roll here. And then it always fucking breaks that buckle root way. Down there. Like, yeah. always. And you have to dig that out. And eventually you realize, you know, I actually need to figure eight a little bit different. Yeah. And let it come out naturally up oh, might take an extra you know minute or something to do it's but it's like there's definitely a different different technique that you just want to take out one of those fucking teeth yeah than another and it's just because i don't like fucking fishing for root chips it's i'm starting to get better at it to do it but who wants to use those yeah i think that i'm i don't know part of that entering a new phase of my career is that i'm getting more comfortable I'm definitely a lot more comfortable with surgery now than I was a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely will dive into bigger things that I knew needed to be done then, but I would be like, nah, I don't really need to 
I don't really need to alveo all that. Adventure will be fine on top of it. Now I'm like, now I really need to just, I'm here. I just need to do it. Like we're already, we're already in this surgical situation. Like let's just. Exactly. Do yeah. It right. And you save yourself so much in adjustments. It's interesting. The same kind of thing. Like I feel good a lot of times about what I do, but I also, I have that oral surgeon that comes. He was here Tuesday and he was working on a lady and her, uh, implant had failed. She's like a big smoker and stuff. And he was putting in another implant. Um, and he called me into the room because he was like, you want to hear her here, right? So I go in there. This lady had went in, I swear, five minutes before. And he has her down numb. The whole fucking ridge is flapped. Like mm-hmm. I could see, I could see the lady's entire jawbone. And he's like, hey, do you want this implant here or here? And I was just like, in the visualization and the, the hemostasis, everything was just perfect and beautiful. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I, I, a lot of days I feel pretty good about what I do. And it's just like, you did this, this fast, and it looks this good. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. That's what 35 years of being an oral surgeon gets yeah. you, I guess. I mean, you're just you're good at what you're good at, you know? Yeah, it was just it was just fucking nuts, and it was just it's it's kind of cool to see that sometimes because it's like yeah, I should release my flaps a little bit further. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's everything. Yeah, I mean, see stuff I didn't even know that existed. Yep, and every every time I release a flap, I'm like, no, I should do it this way. I should do it a little bit bigger here. I should do. I try not to do any releasing incisions, but it's like I should probably do a releasing incision here. Yeah, right? yeah life yeah. easier. So. Yeah, I'm definitely getting more. I had this, I had this one yesterday. A lady's doing a lower denture. I tried to talk her into implants. She won't do it. She wanted to go without teeth on the bottom because she did that on the top and it worked super well. Um, so she wanted to go without teeth on the bottom until she healed, which that's fine. But like the bottom was a mess. It was only like seven teeth on the bottom, but like it was a parl just. It was a nightmare. I pulled so many like big granulated cysts out of those seven extraction sockets um, where I'm just like staring at holes and there's like blood everywhere and I like can't get bleeding to stop. I'm like, I must be terrible at this. <laughs> it just must be really bad. So I threw some call plugs in it and I got primary closure and it looked like it stopped bleeding. I was like, look like it stopped bleeding because I closed it up. It'll be great. And you're probably going to have a bruise or two. Who <laughs> <laughs> bruises and who doesn't? I don't get bruising very often. I, it's really rare. And you would think like, the, the people that have seen bruising on like, pictures, on because like, I'm on Reddit all the time for this. Fun shit. It's always like, you know, little old ladies and, and stuff like that. I never, but like, it's like a really average, nondescript, like, guy in his 40s. This dude with a bat? Like, I don't remember that. Well, it's really funny because, like, the interesting thing to me is about, so, like, one of my staff members has been in my office for over 20 years and, and, like, sat chairside and did surgery and assisted with the original doctor and we were doing some, I, I did something not that long ago and she goes, 
what do you do differently in surgery? And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, will you hardly ever have patients complain of like post-operative pain or you hardly ever have patients like call because they're uncomfortable or most of the time when we call patients after you do surgery, they're like, no, I'm fine. I'm not sore. Like, or I'm a little sore, but like, I'm not having any pain. She was like, what do you do differently? And I was like, I have no idea. I just do it the way that I do it. And she was like, your patients don't like, don't ever bruise. They like, they just aren't painful afterwards. They're like super thankful. And I'm like, I have no, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Look. This other, the other doc used to like, the original doc used to like, his patients would just be in terrible pain for, you know, a while afterwards. And I'm like, well, that's because he had to put his knee on their chest. Yeah. I'm like, I have, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I do differently. I never saw him do surgery. Like, I'm glad to know that I'm not hurting people any more than I have to, but I have no idea. Yeah. And I think, I think that goes back to, like, uh, you know, back on the bruising and things like that. When I was worse and didn't let the instruments do the, do, do the, sure. yeah, you're just blowing out blood vessels. Yeah, um, no. so it's just a matter of like you know, like you, you get you get good with your little armament. I wonder too, because I'm really strict about like my 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 medication protocols. Mm -hmm. Whenever I do surgery, um, like I'm really strict if we're doing a graft. I'm really strict about an antibiotic pre-med, um, or if we're placing an implant. If I do anything more than like one tooth, I'm really strict about giving dexamethasone. Um, mm -hmm. We recommend ibuprofen and Tylenol, which targets, you know, the cyclooxygenase and the. What's your contraindications for dex? Diabetic. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And honestly, if they're a well controlled diabetic, if they're, if they're in the mid sixes or under, I'll still give it. Uh, well, just like, I won't fuck your blood sugar. I'll, I'll give it, and then I'll let them know, like, hey, I'm gonna give this to you. It's a single dose, a single time. It's honestly, it's a pretty low dose. Um, it's eight milligrams. Uh, yeah, but it's gonna make your A1C go up, and it's gonna make your sugars go up for a little bit. And um, most of the time, they're like, okay, like I had a patient last week that I did 13 and 14 and had like all the way to his freaking inferior orbit or lapped because there was so much infection. Uh, it was insane. I've never been that high on someone's maxilla. <laughs> um, and he came like he was pretty uncontrolled like high eights but like these teeth had to come out. But I wasn't going to give him that because mm -hmm. that was going to push him into like the mid tens, probably. Yeah. And that's not worth it. So he came back super swollen. I was like, oh, I wonder if we'd have given you Dex if he'd have been fine. Um, but yeah, no, just diabetics. That's the only people I don't. And it, it, even that, I'm a little liberal because it's a single dose. Um, I wouldn't do oral tablets with a diabetic. Yeah. And like, honestly, I just started we just started using 10 milligrams per milliliter. So I, I give 0.8 milliliters for eight milligrams. So you don't buy in like a multi-dose then? Yeah, I'm buying a multi-dose. Yeah, I think it's 10 mils. Um, and it's 
Yeah, ten, I think it's 10 mils or 50 mils, and it's 10 milligrams per milliliter. So mm -hmm. 0.8 milliliters, and it's such a, that's such a small injection. That's oh, yeah. less yeah. than half a carpool of anesthetic. Mm -hmm. So, And you're still doing masseter? Uh, I do masseter if I have an IAA. Um, if I mm -hmm. don't have an IAA, if I've done an IAA and long buckle, then I'll do masseter. Um, otherwise, I do deltoid. I didn't do deltoid for some reason. I didn't do deltoid until you told me told me you were doing deltoid, and then I started doing. Oh, okay. Deltoid. See, this is why I like to check. Yeah. Yeah. See what, uh, yeah. You know, we're still doing the same thing and whatnot. Because I ran into the situation where I really wanted to give Dex the other day, but they're diabetic. And I was thinking about it. were controlled, so it was just yeah. like, hmm, I wonder. Yeah. But, so, I, but I didn't. To me, someone that's controlled, like they know that they're 6.4, they're good about their meds, they check their sugars, like telling them to expect that their sugars are going to go up a little bit is okay versus a per person that's like, I don't know, I was 9.1. Do you check your sugars every day? No. When was the last time you took your meds? Three weeks ago. Like, I'm not going to give you. Yeah. We can yeah. put you in a diabetic coma. Um. So I'm not going to give it to that person. They're just going to have to deal with the pain of not having it because they can't control their diabetes, which is probably why we're taking a tooth out. Um, yeah. So that's probably a really terrible way to look at things, but that's what I do. But, you know, if I know one thing, it's that periodontal disease and diabetes are correlated. You know, I have plenty of people at Perio that don't have diabetes, so. <laughs> I said correlated, not causated. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, you get a diabetic smoker, like, just give me dentures. Oh, yeah. Can yeah. I have him? Well, awesome. Every now and then you get a diabetic smoker, and they've got, like, less fucking bone loss than I do. It's yeah. Like, Fuck. Yeah. What's going on? You know, you. Motherfucker. <laughs> I don't care if you've got all 32 teeth and perfect perfect bone health, you need a denture just because you make me mad. Yeah. And then you get the ones that it's like it is like severe uh period where nothing's savable, but they don't think there's any problem when you're showing them supposed to wiggle like when you bite down and they all like flex forward like three inches. Like that is not normal. And they're like, no, I just want to Yeah. Did I send you my picture of getting to join the, the bridge club yesterday? Uh-uh. Oh, I got to this picture. This is rad. I was super proud of it. Um, <laughs> you getting uh, to join the work The bridge club. I just sent it to you. I'm waiting anxiously. Oh, there we go. Uh, so, whoever you listening, I got uh, 22 to 27 was a six-unit bridge, and I got it out in one piece with both teeth. Yeah, no, it's a terrible bridge. And uh, yeah, I'm like, what the fuck am I looking at? Yeah, no, yeah, no, it was. It, that's the backside of a PFM. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a terrible bridge. It's it's gross looking. Um, F in that is for fucking ugly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I was pretty stoked with getting to join the, Good job. that is, that is still, I, it's funny cause I still have the, the upper lower 
Brown Pass, like, took it all out at once. Thing. Yeah. It's in my shop somewhere. Yeah. save this one. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they're yeah. cool, man. I wish I could have got that yeah. worded number 30 out in one piece the other day. There's no fucking way that yeah. was going to happen. It's funny because I have a bunch of these and then I just had a bunch of endo stuff we were going through and that it was expiring or about to expire and files out of purchase and shit. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to do some practice endo on some of my weird teeth that I saved. Oh, yeah. I got through endo shit too fast to have any of it expire. Uh, a lot of mine was just the stuff that was there when I got here that I don't use in yeah. odd sides. Yeah. Speaking of, I got because I don't. You, I forget you don't wave one anymore, do you? No. Yeah, so it's just like the whites on wave one. Like it's rare that I fucking use one of those. Yeah, I uh, I use um. I've got a cordless brassler handpiece, and I use uh, Vortex Blue. That's what was Vortex. I think. Uh, speaking of, I get to do a number nineteen on the uh, like twelve year old tomorrow. Yeah. I did one of that like a week and a half ago. I did a molar, and uh, it turned out well. So I yeah. feel like he'd be proud of me. Yeah, I haven't done one. I haven't done any endo in a while. I feel like. Yeah, I've, I've been having not a ton, maybe like one a week or something. I feel like all the, ones, all the ones I do now or all the ones I come through now are so freaking hard. You did all the easy ones? <laughs> I, had a, I had a patient get mad at me the other day. I He like sits down, we take a CT, and I'm like, hey, look, here's the deal. I can't see the canal all the way down your tooth. Like on the 3D x-ray, I can't see that. Which means that it's really, really, really small, and I really don't want to do this root canal. Like, <laughs> my chances of separating a file and sending you to the specialist are pretty high. And this is going to take me a really long time. He's like, come on, Doc, will you please do it? I really don't want to go to the specialist. I was like, okay, that's fine, but if I get in there and I have to send you to the specialist, we're sending you to the specialist. He's like, okay, okay, that's fine. I just I just really just really like it if you give, give it a shot, Doc. I just, I just really like it if you did it for me. I'm like, okay, I'll try. Chances are I'm still sending you the specialist. He's like, okay. <laughs> At this point, I've told him I'm probably still sending him the specialist like nine times. So I get the tooth opened up. Make it down with my first rotary file. Find all the canals. Make it down with my first rotary file. Separates. I'm like, fuck. We stop. I'm like, I got one file down that tooth. Like, I didn't take anything out of it. This isn't going to work. So I sit him up. I'm like, yep, remember I told you I was probably going to separate a file? There it is. And he was like, well, what's that mean? I was like, I'm sending you a specialist. He was so mad. Well, why can't he just finish it? I don't understand why he can't just finish it. I don't understand what they're going to do differently. I'm like, they're going to get that little thing in there that I got stuck in the tooth. They're going to get that out. And then they're going to finish it. Well, I don't want to go to the specialist. Can you just finish it? No. <laughs> I didn't want to do it to start with. You like separated that file, like you'd gone through, you'd irrigated, you cleaned its shape. You're kind of doing the last piece of that. You separated that. Would you consider leaving it, or would you still yeah. do it especially? Yeah, if I'm if I'm sure that I've got your irrigation up there, yeah. and 
I've opened, you know, what do we learn in Endo? Three files, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like if I'm on my third final, I'm doing my final cleaning and shaping and something just ticks off at the end. Um, yeah, I'll leave it. I just let the patient know, hey, there's a file on yeah. here. We're going to finish this up. I don't think it's going to cause you an issue. If it does, we'll send you the specialist and I'll, I'll make sure we take care of you. Yeah, um, yeah. And patients are like, okay. Um, every now and then, if I'm not quite sure that I've gotten enough irrigation down it, I'll just throw some calcium hydroxide in it and seal it up and bring them back like six weeks later. Hmm. And if they haven't had an issue in that six weeks, they're probably not going to. Yeah. I think that's, that's good. Do I don't know. Cause I, I could be totally wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I just always remember that they taught us, I was like, it really doesn't matter what you fill the tooth with. It's yeah. that you got everything out. Yeah. So it's like, when I've run into that, it's like, well, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty aggressive with the, my irrigation, you know, like when I'm doing hand filing, irrigate, hand filing, irrigate. And by the time I'm rotary, you know, I'm feeling pretty clean. So there's been an um, hour of sodium hypochlorite in there. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So it's, it's like a little, little bit of plastic. And, you know, it's at the apex and all that yeah. type of shit. You know, it's like yeah. where I look at it. I try to tell myself if I was in Transylvania <laughs> and I was filling this with the like, fucking silver point like some places do, would yeah. I be happy with what that is? And if the answer is yes, I'm like, yeah, cool. We're going to an issue we'll send to the specialist but if it's like no i would not be happy with my transylvanian vampire silver point uh yeah i mean if i if i'm within a half millimeter of the apex i mean and that's where my gut approach is going to end up anyways mm-hmm. like there's no better seal than a file that's bound up and broken off in the tooth yeah that's that's how i look at it i mean yeah, it'd be nice if I had some sealer around that file, I guess, but yep. it's, yep. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of hard endo, so I separate. It's funny because I, like, didn't separate a file for, like, the first two years of my career, and now I separate. Not, not I wouldn't say all the time because I don't want to make something <laughs> terrible at endo um, or that I don't care. Uh, I don't even use got a purchase yeah. anymore. <laughs> uh, but I, I just put my rotary until it yeah, I just hold it there and eventually it just heats up and breaks the titanium. Um, but I mean, I've broken a fair, my fair share. Um, and so far they seem to be doing okay. So we can, like the really hard ones where you're like, this endo is terrible and you get it done and you're like, meh, it kind of looks meh. Like, I don't love anything about that. That like, they're fine. And then it's like the number seven that went perfectly and they come back and they've got like this giant abscess. And you're like, what the fuck happened? Like that was nine months ago. Like, why did you decide to do that now? It's weird because I had like one of those ones that you were talking about, like where, you know, it it goes and it gets tiny. And like, I was like, it was right on the cusp where I wondered for it. And I went and I instrumented and it was fine. And then I had like a 29 that is like a fucking you saw all the way to Apex. It was <laughs> short. It was like there's so much big. I put the file in, the rotary in for like one second. It's like, snap. <laughs> like I could literally see the apex of the tooth just looking in my access. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why? Why? 
Yeah. Yeah. Why do you do this? To it's me? very strange. And that's like I don't I don't reuse any of that shit either. You know, like it's just fucking weird. I do. I, I reuse the the vortex files. Yeah, I've I used to when I first started. I um put a sterile like one time or whatever, uh, and then I was just like, based my cost on them. It's like, what am I saving myself like? Yeah, not enough. Yeah. Yeah, no, I anyway, I think it is I gotta get this little little asshole out of the swing and I have to pee really bad because all I drink is like hundreds of gallons of juice every day. Yeah. And I'm really itchy and need some Benadryl. So I think you gotta <laughs> call it. I think you should probably not um not do that again. Yeah, oh, okay, but dude, I've been on it for two days. Uh-huh. Cool. But you're also like, you know, itching. <laughs> you're like you're also proportionally way bigger than me. <laughs> um do you, you have someone lined up for our next episode? Um we had a kind of this this was sort of like I was like I just wanted to get on and fucking bullshit with you because yeah. yeah. I needed it this week. Yeah. And I'm itchy and it's taking my mind off of it. Sure. But I was I think you should uh just like Skyler, I'd love so, to talk. To uh, yeah, so our next our next uh, podcast will be with one of our two endodontists that we're going to have on. Um, if we can set up an an actual time and like a weekend, might be better. Um, okay, yeah. Let me. Um, I like, should be at work for like three weekends. Okay. Um, like maybe next weekend, um, I can talk to Luke and see if Luke's around and he can come over and it'd be. He and I'll yeah. sit here and drink some beer and talk into my microphone together with our really yeah. sexy voices. Shoot, shoot me a time. Okay. I will, I will text you and him. So ne- as long as as long as he's available next next episode, we will have Dr. Luke Harden, uh, who's an awesome endodontist if you're in the Central Oregon area. Um, cool. Yeah. Peace out. Uh, Josh Austin doesn't do. Uh, doesn't do. Stay fresh cheese bags. Yeah, working interferences anymore. I don't think so. Stay fresh cheese bags. Oh no, he hasn't done it for like fucking two years. No, I hope he's been fighting forever. Lance and Holly. Lance and Holly. They're weird. Their their weirdness. Okay. Uh, <laughs> deuces. All right. Later, bro. Bye. Gotta fight for your right to party. Gotta fight for your right to party. You gotta fight, fight for your right to party. Gotta fight for your right to party. Gotta fight for your right to party. Gotta fight for your right to party. You wake up late for school, man, you don't wanna go. And you ask your mom, please, but she still says no. You miss two classes and no homework But your teacher preaches class like you're some kind of jerk You gotta gotta fight for your right to party
if that's the clothes you're gonna wear I'll kick you out of my home if you don't cut that hair Your mom busted in and said, what's that noise? Oh, mom, you're just jealous, it's the beach, the boys You gotta fight, gotta fight for you right to party Gotta fight for you right to party For you right to party Gotta fight for you right to party